0: There's a lot of people that will just step up and say, oh, yeah, I'll do whatever you want. But unless they have a real kind of deep engagement for what they're committed to, you get half of them. You know, you get half of their purpose. But if they're really engaged, if they're if that's something that they love or that they think is an important part of their civil society, you'll get the action out of them.
1: This is Voices, Stories of Change, a series of podcasts and interviews from Engage Nova Scotia. I'm Jeff Overmars. Coming up is the third and final segment taken from an interview with Adele MacDonald, Executive Director of Annapolis Investments in Rural Opportunities. Annapolis Royal is a vibrant community with an inspiring sense of optimism, a commitment to volunteering and collaboration. What moves people to be actively engaged in their community? How can cross-sector collaborations change our attitudes about how our various levels of government serve or should serve us? How can we re-engineer volunteering at a community level? Adele shares her insight into these issues and the role we all have in shaping the future of our communities.
0: The sense of optimism in our communities right now, and I can only speak to rural Nova Scotia, has been extraordinary. I've had people tell me that they haven't felt this in 30-plus years, that you know, uh, B&Bs have had more reservations come in over this past winter than they had in all of the previous winters combined, that we have um, new businesses. Annapolis Royal is a great example. We currently only have two spaces for rent on our high street, on, on St. George Street, our main street, two commercial spaces. That's, I think, unheard of for most rural communities. We're actually worried about where do we put them. We have too many businesses who want to start. We have to find alternatives to their locations. Our municipal government is looking at that. They're looking at creating um, mixed-use commercial residential areas so that more of the older buildings in the community can be saved by being brought to life again. Businesses on the main floor, you know, residents on the second and third floors and sometimes fourth floors. We have been trying to bring everyone together, so everyone to the table. We want our town, the the town of Annapolis Royal, which has its own municipal government, working more closely with the county of Annapolis, which is its own municipal government. Those two things are, are, they're separate governments completely. So, So we're bringing them together on more projects. Um, Last year, Arrow partnered with the Town of Annapolis Royal on a facade program. So the Town of Annapolis Royal put in $25,000. Arrow put in $25,000, and we awarded grants of up to $2,500 to community members who wanted to make facade improvements to their buildings, whether it was residential or commercial. Um, Partnering with, with... these government bodies instead of just asking them for things all the time. I think that, that that's one of the keys for us, is is looking at the fact that that when you ask your municipal government to do something, the money that they're using to do those things is your money. It's your taxpayer dollars. So you may just be asking for your money back in, in and to be invested in community in some other way, That's the kind of thing that we're trying to to do when we reach out to, to municipal government for these kinds of projects, to partner with them. We're saying, put the money back into the community, look at it in a creative way, don't do it all by yourself, partner with other people, find out what everybody wants not everybody. I mean, you can't consult every single person, but find out what's the pri- what the priorities are and then tackle those things and do it together instead of individually. Because, you know, one person pulling a car can probably not move it. Two people, they can get it rolling. But when you get three or four people all pulling in the same direction, they can move that car no problem. We want to see that same thing happening in our communities. That is that is probably the the bottom line for Arrow is getting all of these groups and all of these individuals, all of the stakeholders to tr- start pulling together, talking to each other, and working more closely together. When you have municipal governments who are willing to be kind of transparent and creative and open in how they think about the challenges that they might come up against, or perceived challenges is actually the better way to put it. The solutions are are incredible. But that's that's the fertile ground. That's the ground that's that's ready for groups like Arrow to come in and say, okay, you're already doing these creative and innovative solutions to a perceived challenge. Here's we can help it take it a step further. So you know, maybe that looks like helping uh, a First Nations business, you know, establish that could work out of that space or do something creative out of that space. I don't know. It, it, it could be any blue sky thing. But the idea is that the it's already ready for us to come in and do something creative. They they did that on their own and of their own initiative because they, perceive, they they saw something that could be a problem and realized that it could actually be something wonderful. That's a shift in attitude. And that shift in attitude is something that I don't know how you teach it. I don't know how you replicate it. It does come naturally eventually. And the more you see it, the more that it occurs, the more people are willing to mirror it that may actually be where the sense of optimism in the community has come from. That enough people have spoken up and said, we can do this differently. We can choose now. We can succeed. We can become sustainable and have this incredible future. And if you keep saying that and you keep modeling that, more people realize realize that it's possible. And then those naysayers, the have-noters they start becoming they kind of stand out so instead of that being the norm that becomes the exception and they stand out because everybody around them is going no we can do this the things where we find challenges with that is quite honestly it it, just the people power the the hours that are available to people most municipal governments um, they have literally enough on their plates. Their staff are are worked, in many cases overworked. All everybody's trying to do is their best job that they can possibly do, but they don't have the resources to do it all. Annabelle's Royal has an extraordinarily active volunteer community. I mean, unusually so. Uh, And in fact, it's probably that volunteerism that is what drives the perception that we're a retirement community because many of the volunteers that you see are the people in that demographic because they have the time and the, the capacity to do a lot of the work. But for, again, I'm going to go back to this, a town of 491 people we have an incredible number of nonprofits, an incredible number of societies and boards that without which nothing in this town would happen. The Historic Gardens is a nonprofit that has a board that operates it. King's Theatre, a nonprofit with a board that operates it. The uh, Annapolis Heritage Society operates the Odell Museum, Sinclair Museum, North Hills Museum, the Genealogy Center, nonprofit with volunteers that operate it. They do have paid staff. But most of those, most of them, the paid staff is like one or two positions. Gardens more because they have gardeners, you know. <laughs> but, but for the most part, the the things that happen in this community, Arcac, um, the Annapolis Regional Community Arts Council, volunteer-driven. Like it is. If you took the volunteers out of the town of Annapolis Royal, we would be a ghost town. It wouldn't matter that we have two banks, two grocery stores, a hardware store, dentists, doctors, healthcare. It wouldn't matter at all. If you took the volunteers out of this town, nothing would exist here. Nothing. I don't know that there is a secret. I think that passion is actually the tipping point. So if you're talking about Finding volunteers to make things happen—you have to reach people on at their—I don't want to say at their level, but at their passion, at the place that that their passion intersects with what you need done. So, to me, that means when I when I focus on Arrow and its goal of economic development. Um, if we have a lot of people who are passionate about the arts, then we need arts related businesses in the community and we need arts related activities in the community. And we need those people to come forward with that passion. If it's, you know, if it's history, if it's genealogy, if it's whatever it is, it's basically finding those people um, where they intersect with the, the need that needs to be dealt with. And, and, because volunteers, you know, you know, there's a lot of people that will just step up and say, oh, yeah, I'll do whatever you want. But unless they have a real kind of deep engagement for what they're committed to, you get half of them. You know, you get half of their purpose. But if they're really engaged, if they're if that's something that they love or that they think is an important part of their civil society, you'll get the action out of them. And And I think maybe that's where maybe sometimes that's where it fails in in broader broader areas because they're looking to volunteers to do like a wide range of things and they're not necessarily matching those people with their passions and so I'll use myself as an example when I moved here My background is in internet marketing and communications. That's my profession. That was what I had my own business in for over a decade. So what made sense to me was I can do that kind of stuff with my eyes closed and one hand tied behind my back. Why not volunteer doing that? So off I went to the town and volunteered to do that. Ended up on the board of King's Theatre. Volunteered to deal with their social media because it was the thing that I could do without stressing myself out. That's the kind, that's, that may be the secret. Finding out what people are capable of doing without having to break the the bank, the mental bank, the emotional bank, the time bank, in order to actually accomplish something. Um, Mayor Pam Mood does that very well. And that, that whole volunteer movement of, of people stepping up in their town That, I think, was the premise of what she was saying, is what is the thing that you can do, the thing that you can contribute? It doesn't have to be this huge, massive project. If you have a skill that you like doing, how do we put it to work for us? Fill the gap. But that's identifying the gaps and then working backwards from that, saying, okay, we need somebody to do this. Or you have that skill and you want to put it to work for the community? Oh, hey, you can do it over here. You know, it it doesn't it's a, it's getting people to open up and not be so insular again and and my experience in rural Nova scotia is that is that is kind of the natural default is to be a little bit insular, and so one has to to help people to open up and work together. Annapolis Royal can experience volunteer burnout at times just like anywhere else, but I think the remedy to that is to make sure that you're that people are are working within their wheelhouse. And again, that goes back to the reverse engineering, the idea of a volunteer. Instead of saying, we need volunteers for this, you say to the people, what do you have that you'd like to volunteer to do? Do you want to help somebody manage their social media account? Do you want to help somebody create posters? Do you want to help pull weeds at the garden? Do you want to, you know, and you you basically allow people to say, this is what I can do. And then you match the organization to that, not the other way around. Thinking about creative solutions to perceived challenges, because the challenges—it's just a perception. That's the the whole world revolves around solving problems from day one, from the moment we're born. Our whole world revolves around solving revolves around solving problems, and that's that's all that Arrow is trying to do. That's all that. You know, organizations who need volunteers are trying to do. That's all that government is trying to do. We've crept into this this time of being hostile towards people who are willing to step up and serve publicly. But really, all they're doing is trying to, solve, you know, find solutions to perceived challenges.
1: That was Adele McDonald, executive director of the private investment company Aero, based in Annapolis Royal, Nova Scotia. This has been Voices, Stories of Change, a series of podcasts and interviews from Engage Nova Scotia. You can learn more about Engage online at engagenovascotia.ca, follow us on Twitter at engageNS, and find us on Facebook. We'll be sharing more stories from Nova Scotians in different regions of the province in the coming weeks. If you have a story you'd like to share related to public engagement, community development, or collaboration, please email me at jeff at engagenovascotia.ca. Songs in this episode are by Rich O'Coin. You can buy his music on iTunes.